Hey guys, before we jump into today's episode, actually the formal intro, I wanted to jump in here real quick and let you know that since this episode aired, which was November 7th, 2018, there has been some discussion and some debate amongst CPAs, accountants, and just people that are wondering what is the correct law for this new inventory tax law. So what I wanna say here before you listen to this is you always, always want to contact your own CPA or your accountant, and I want you to have them look into your business specifically and what is best suited for you, okay? I am not an accountant, I'm not a CPA, I'm not a legal advisor, any of that stuff, so a little disclaimer there, okay? So what I want you to do is listen to this episode, I want you to contact your CPA or your accountant and get their opinion on your business, where it's at right now, and the current law as far as where it stands, okay? Because again, like I said, there's some really well-known CPAs in the uh, accountant CPA world, as I'm told, and there's been some debate and some discussion. Actually, the one big CPA that was brought to my attention that does believe that you know what we're you know, talking about here is legit and real is Tom Wheelwright. And uh, he's the CPA for the entire Rich Dad brand, has his own uh, tax podcast and everything. So again, take this for what it's worth, listen to it, bring it to your accountant, your CPA, and see how they interpretate it. And also where your business is could make the difference as far as if this is even uh, worth you looking into. All right. So again, like I said, Make sure that you check with your CPA, your accountant, and we will be doing some more updates on this as we start to learn more uh, with this new tax law. All right, so enjoy the episode. Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This episode, number 591, and today we've got some big breaking news, and I've invited on a good friend of mine. Josh Bauer, what what is going on here with this inventory stuff? <laughs> I feel like every you, you email me all the time, like, hey, let's do another tax episode, but I need you to give me something new. I'm like, dude, oh. there's nothing, there's never anything new in the tax world, Scott. I can't do that. Yeah, well, there's something big. Finally, now. finally, <laughs> we have breaking news to offer in the tax world. And yes. It is huge news for e-commerce, anyone with an inventory-based business, but in, in this case, we're talking Amazon sellers, right? E-commerce sellers. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, this is this is big. I, I heard this actually. Let, let me kind of go back to how I heard about it. And then I kind of bumped you and I go, hey, listen, how come I'm hearing about this secondhand? <laughs> you know? And uh, it was actually one of your clients and you guys must have shot a video explaining what was happening to all your clients. And then he's actually a listener, actually someone that was going through the process of, of uh, possibly being one of our inner circle members because he's at a higher level. And he sent me the video that you guys shot for your clients. And he goes, I'm not sure if you heard about this yet, but this is big and it just happened. And uh, Josh actually just let us know about it. And that's how I heard about it. And then instantly I'm texting on you know, on my phone. I'm like, Josh, what the hell is going on over here? How come you didn't tell me about this? And you're like, it just happened. Like literally, now we just let our clients know. How did you find out about it? So yeah, that's how it happened. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's something we, we've kind of known that was a possibility for a long time. Yeah. Right. Since this 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 uh, Trump tax plan came into play. But 
no one quite knew if this was going to be legit. So we didn't even want to tease our clients with it because once you tell someone this, then to have to backtrack and say, oh, never mind, that wasn't what we thought. It's mm. it's not fun, right? So we've, we've kept it under wraps. We've waited, we've waited, we've waited. Finally, the AICPA, which is just a big group for CPAs, a bunch of nerdy people, they asked the IRS for clarification on this. They finally came back and said, yes, it is indeed the case. And should, should we just break it? Yeah, I mean, we should. We should break we, it. We, I we think we, people waiting on yes. pins and needles here. Yeah, I know. Go ahead and uh, blurt it out. Right. So you can now deduct a hundred percent of the inventory that you purchase in a given year. Which right? is and crazy. It's huge, right? And and, and you may be if you've never kind of delved too deep into the topic, you may be thinking, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you've listened to any of our other prior tax discussions on here, you know that the big downfall to inventory-based businesses in the tax world was you could only deduct the inventory that you actually sold. Mm. So if you bought $100,000 worth of inventory, sold $50,000 of that, the remaining $50,000 was not a tax deduction yet. Mm. So it almost felt like a lot of people called it the inventory tax because it felt like you were paying taxes on that inventory that you didn't sell. And it was, it was. I mean, if, if people timed this wrong, it was crippling, right? They'd mm. make a big inventory purchase at year end not get to deduct hardly any of it and now not have cash available to pay all these taxes they owed. Yeah. That was a big thing that you were finding when you would have clients come over, you know, even my listeners, you know, they were coming over and it was like a big, it was a big, I guess, eye opening thing for them. And even for me in the beginning, when I first started, I'm like, wait a minute here. Like, you know, I just purchased $20,000 in inventory. That means I have to wait until I sell it before I can actually use it as a deduction. And you're like, yeah, you know, and I'm like, that is so weird. Like I just spent all this money and now I don't get to actually use it as a deduction. And and so I could be sitting on that for 12 months um, into the next year or 11 months and not be able to to actually deduct it before, you know, now um, that we're able to do that. Now, and and like you said, like you had had some people said, like, you know, you would give them the breakdown. You'd be like, all right, well, you're going to have to pay tax on like 40 grand. And then they're like, well, I'll just go buy $30,000 worth of inventory and I'll get a deduction. You're like, uh, no, that's not right. how it works. So yeah, exactly. It's that, That's big. Um, So, okay. Walk me through like how this even came about though. Like, why is it, why did it now, why, who, who kind of pressed for it? Why did we get it? Like, why is it changing? Um, Maybe lead me through that. I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's not really any clear th- evidence of who pushed for it or, or why now it happened, other than they did have a massive change in the tax law for the first time in a long time. So I guess this was just the opportunity to say, hey, while we're here, let's take a look at this. And and it really made no sense, honestly. Like, why? There's in, in the accounting world, there's tax basis or there's cash basis and there's accrual basis, mm-hmm. right? And cash basis is how almost all small businesses report their taxes, mm-hmm. meaning when they pay for something, it's an expense. When they receive money, it's income. Mm-hmm. In the accrual world, you kind of have to wait until you use something, just like with inventory. Right. If you let's say, let's say you had an advertising contract, a twelve month contract for someone to do your advertising. In the accrual world, you could only deduct it for the months that you actually used. Mm-hmm. You couldn't prepay it and then deduct it. Well, the the IRS was for all the longest time was saying you can be cash basis for everything on your tax return except inventory. You have to report that on a cruel basis. Mm. And it made no sense. And it was crippling for small businesses. So they finally just decided like, look, for small businesses, and in this case, they considered a small business, anyone that has gross income under $25 million. Oh, meaning, yeah. So if, you're, if your business makes less than $25 million in total sales, you fall into this. Let's just make it simple. 
If you pay for it, you deduct it. You buy inventory, you deduct it. We don't pull the, play these games of waiting until something sells. Let's make their accounting easier. Let's make their taxes easier. And let's, let's help small businesses. So rare case where the politicians helped us. Okay, so now let me ask you this. Okay, now we spend the money on the inventory. We get to write off that inventory. So that basically means that we'll probably pay less in taxes because we have less, technically we have less um, money that's being shown as you, you, you see where I'm going yeah. with this, right? Yeah. So maybe clear that up, make that crystal clear for people because, you know, yes, this is one thing, but in, you know, in the other breath, it almost is going to look as though you like, you could almost make it where you didn't make hardly any money. Yeah, no, this opens up tremendous tax planning strategies because so just let's let's get it down to the very basics. You pay taxes based on the profits that that business receives yeah. or that the business makes, meaning you take you had one hundred thousand dollars in sales. You had fifty thousand dollars in expenses. Mm-hmm. You pay taxes on that fifty thousand dollars profit. Yep. Now you can purchase inventory, even if it's not sold, as going to be an expense, which reduces those profits, which reduces taxes. Mm -hmm. So you now have the option to do what a lot of our clients thought they could do and say, hey, I'm showing a profit of $50,000. I have this cash sitting here. I know I'm going to need the inventory next year. Let's go buy $30,000 worth of inventory. Now our profits only show $20,000 and we just dramatically reduce our tax bill. Mm. How does that work, though, now if um, you had a line of credit or something and you're using that line of credit? Yeah, you know, and it gets confusing when that happens, but it actually makes no difference. Um, When you buy something with a loan, it's still an expense. It does not matter if you buy it with cash or credit. And where that comes into play, where it gets confusing is. So let's say that you borrowed one hundred thousand dollars to buy one hundred thousand dollars worth of inventory. Mm -hmm. That's immediately a hundred thousand dollar expense. Okay, but let's say that you make ten thousand dollar payments on that loan every month the ten thousand dollar payment on the loan is not an expense because you already expensed it when you bought the inventory so that's where it gets a little confusing but if you just think about the very basic concept when you buy the inventory regardless of how you purchase it it is an expense yeah 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 no that makes that makes sense and i think like we've even done that in the past where it's like if you're you know it's become you know it's at the end of the year you know, you're like, I'm going to need a new computer. I might as well put it, buy a new computer now. I can get the deduction this year. And you might even put it on a charge card or something, right, for the business exactly. business expense. You still get yep. to write it off. And that's, you know, that's pretty good. That's good practice. At least I look at it that way, because why not? If you're going to do it anyway, just think about the things you're going to be buying. You know, even if you, if you bought them in January or February of the following year, you got to wait the entire year to get actually the deduction that's going to be put back into your pocket. Right. Um, Okay, so let's talk a little bit. I, I know you wanted to talk also about a few other things. Um, the one thing I want to ask you about, maybe this is going to lead into that, is like there's been some change, like you said, in the tax bill. Like there's been some, right. maybe talk about that. Like let us know like what that is. And honestly, I don't know 100% what it is. So you're going to be kind of telling me firsthand here. <laughs> so yes. maybe you can kind of bring some uh, or sh- shed some light on that. Yeah. So let me close one more hole on the inventory side first. Yeah. 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 So for 2018, this is even bigger than it will be in the future because in past years, you were restricted to only deduct that inventory that you sold, Mm -hmm. which means when you close those 2017 taxes, you had an ending inventory number on those books. Mm -hmm. Well, now because of this tax change, you're going to deduct that ending inventory in 2018 plus all the inventory you bought in 2018. Mm. So depending on what that ending inventory number was on your taxes last year, you could be looking at, like we have clients who 
are very profitable this year, but for tax purposes, they're going to look like they lost money mm-hmm. because of this massive change this year. So it's, it's, it's huge. Um, this is for the e-commerce world. This is an, a phenomenal development and you need to be talking to somebody to make sure you're maximizing it. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you that though, too. So, yeah. okay. So, uh, but you're saying on the business side now, if you're a business and you are set up as uh, S corp, um, and you are paying yourself, then you're paying taxes on that. The pass-through income is what you're really talking about being taxed on. Is that correct? Yeah. So most anyone listening to this podcast, they're almost certainly what they call pass-through entity, meaning Mm -hmm. they're a sole proprietor, they're an LLC, they're an S-corp, right? Mm -hmm. They're one of those entities, which means the business itself pays no taxes. Mm -hmm. It passes those profits through to the owner and the owner pays the taxes. Right. If you're an S-corp, you have two, you have to pay yourself a salary from the business, which then reduces those profits, but you have two forms of income. You have the salary and you have the profits. Right. It, it all is basically the same. Any type of, in, any of those entities are paying the, the same amount of taxes, or not the same amount of taxes, but they're paying taxes on the same amount of income. It just changes how it's taxed. Mm. So yeah, it, essentially what we're talking about here is the profits of the business. When you purchase inventory, reduces the profits of the business, reduces what you're paying taxes on. Okay. So Okay, cool. Yep. Okay, but, let's get yeah. into that. Let's get into that tax. That tax. Process. Yeah. So the the, the 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 tax changes that they passed finally at the very end of 2017, there are going to be quite a few ch- changes here. Um, some to the business side, some to the personal side. Uh, on the on the personal side, it's it's a lot of shuffling of deductions, right? So they're getting rid of some here, increasing some there. So. I, for most people, they don't have to worry about too much about what's going on there. One big thing is they basically doubled the standard deduction, um, and we you'd have to we'd have to dive real deep into the nitty gritty here. But basically, everyone either itemizes their deductions or takes a standard deduction. Mm-hmm. Itemized deductions consist of mortgage interest, property taxes, state taxes paid, charitable donations, all those kind of things. You add them up. If you can beat the standard deduction that the IRS gives you, then you itemize. If not, then you take the standard deduction. Gotcha. Well, now they're doubling the standard deduction. So if you're married, it's going to be a $24,000 deduction this year, where last year, I think it was twelve seven. Mm-hmm. If you're single, it's going to be $12,000, which means in order to itemize, you have to have quite a bit of mortgage interest, property taxes, things like that. Mm-hmm. So that that's going to change how people do things. Uh, for most people, it's going to end up giving them a bigger deduction. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to go into specifics there. It's so dependent on each individual sure. situation. But but yeah, that, that's one big change on the personal side. Uh, another one is they're getting rid of personal exemptions, but then they're also doubling the child tax credit and making it much more likely that people can actually take the child tax credit. So mm. lots of changes there. But like I said, for most people, it'll end up being mostly the same. They'll probably save a little bit on the personal side. Mm. For the people listening to this podcast that have a business, this is where the big change is. All right. Those profits that we talked about that you're taxed on the business. So back to our scenario, the business brings in $100,000. They have $50,000 of expenses that they write off. That leaves a $50,000 profit. They are the individual owner of that business is taxed on that $50,000. Doesn't matter if they leave it in the business. Doesn't matter if they take it out as distribution. They are taxed on all $50,000 of that profit in the past. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What they've done this year, and this is the first time that I know of that they've ever looked at pass-through business entities and said, how can we help business owners pay less taxes on it? What they've said is, okay, instead of paying taxes on 100% 100 of that profit, they're now only going to pay taxes on 80% of that profit. Hmm. So you're getting an immediate 20% deduction, 20% of those profits you're deducting from your income taxes 
for no actual expense, right? So to make the math easy, let's say that you profit after all expenses, you profit $100,000. Mm-hmm. Instead of paying taxes on that $100,000, you are now paying taxes on $80,000, wow. which is a big deal. I mean, we could, for most people, that's going to equal a, a substantial tax savings, especially if they have a pretty successful business. Yeah. Now, okay. So let me ask you, where did that come from and why? Do you know? Yeah, so, so what happens is anytime, anytime you listen to these politicians talk about uh, we need to lower taxes. We need to lower taxes. And they're all saying, well, the business taxes need to be lower. But they're politicians. They're not accountants. They're not CPAs. They don't understand how taxes work. And they don't understand that almost every business owner, small business owner, is not a C corporation, which means their business does not pay taxes. Mm-hmm. So when they sit there and say, we want to lower the business tax rate to 21%, the overwhelming majority of business owners in the United States would feel no impact of that. Mm-hmm. So finally, when they were putting this tax plan together, they looked at it and truly said, how can we actually help actual business owners in the United States, small business owners? And they said, oh, wait a minute. These guys are paying the taxes on their personal tax return. So how can we still help them? And they came up with this idea of, all right, once those profits pass through to their in- their individual tax return, we're going to reduce them by 20%. Mm. That's pretty awesome. It's really awesome. It, it was a, I got to give them credit. It was a super creative way to, to find a good deduction for these business owners. Mm, that is massive. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's incredible. And I know we were kind of holding off um, towards the end of last year, and I think even doing a, a couple of the quarterly payments this year, and yep. you were kind of like, you know, we're going we're gonna to continue to move on as normal. Um, but we're, once everything kind of figures itself out, then we can kind of readjust. And that's exactly what we had to do because, you know, we weren't sure. And you're like, I'm not banking on it because you never know. Um, So we got to be careful on that. Yep. Let me me ask you one other question here while we have you, because I know that we always kind of address this because I think it's important. And I probably should have you back on one more time before (laughs) the end of the year, just so that we we can do another recap just on just good practice on books and all that stuff. But just while we're on here, because I always like to touch on this because I always get this question what should I form as a business? What's the best tax breaks for me as a business? Why should I get an LLC? Should I get an LLC? Um, you know, maybe we can just go over entity real quick just to kind of yeah. give it, cause I think every time we talk, we should mention that because yeah, it's always, a, it's a huge, a huge thing that people get hung up on. Right. Yeah. And, and it's one of the basic things that can, that can save you taxes, potentially save you legal liability. Sure. So it's something that everyone should be looking at once their business is forming a profit. And so right off the bat, let's let's talk about what you should not consider. You mm-hmm. should almost definitely not consider a C corporation. Right. And there's a lot of bad information on there, especially on the internet. You'll hear it on the radio. Go form a C corporation in Delaware. Like, don't do it. Don't I don't care if your <laughs> uncle tells you, just don't go form a C. And that that advice is even in higher play now because they reduce taxes on C corporations. Mm. So people think it's even better now. Just it's not going to be good for you. There's several reasons why maybe 1% of small businesses like like your listeners, it would be good for. So okay. talk to somebody, but but that's probably not going to be what's best for you. Okay. So really, you're looking at three options here. Um, you are looking at a sole proprietorship, which means you don't form any entity, right? Mm-hmm. You and the business are one and the same. And if you have a partner, this is just called a general partnership, mm-hmm. right? You, you don't form an LLC, you don't form anything, you just hit the ground running. And a lot of people think, well, I have to form something or I can't take any business expenses. Not the case, right? That changes nothing about what you can deduct, 
uh, how your profits show. Nothing changes with a sole proprietor. You can deduct everything you're entitled to. Mm -hmm. All it means is you and the business are one and the same. And where this really comes into play is on the legal side of things. And I'm not an attorney. You're not an attorney. So they should talk to an attorney. But generally speaking, what it means on the legal side is if someone sues the business, they are suing you personally because Mm -hmm. the business is operating as you. You and the business are one and the same. Mm -hmm. All right. So if you're just getting started, you don't feel like there's that big legal liability risk right now. A sole proprietorship, a general partnership is perfectly fine to operate out of. You're not going to have any tax consequences from it. You're good to just hit the ground running, save the time and money. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, ne- the next step up is the LLC, right? Mm-hmm. And what the LLC does in theory, and again, you need to talk to an attorney to make sure this does help you, but in theory, it puts a wall between you and the business, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a business, you got this wall, and then you have you, right? I guess the wall is appropriate language right now with, with talking about all these tax changes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's build the wall between you and the business. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so you got this wall that if someone sues the business, in theory, they can't get by that wall and, and include you in the lawsuit. Right. Now, there's, there's a lot involved with that talk to an attorney. It may not offer as much protection as people make you think, but that potentially is what it does. Contrary to popular belief, an LLC offers zero tax benefits, right? The IRS does not even recognize LLCs. It will be the same as if you were a sole proprietor. It'll be reported on the same forms. It'll pay the same amount of taxes. So do not open an LLC with the idea in mind that you are going to save taxes. It's strictly a legal liability entity. Yeah. Finally, the next step up, and this is when your business is starting to make some pretty good money, all right, and you're saying, I'm getting hit with a ton of self-employment taxes. What do I do to save money? Now you look at forming an S-corporation. And an S-corporation is not an entity by itself. What it is is a tax designation. So you take that LLC and you say, I now want my LLC to be taxed as an S-corporation. And you're still being taxed on all the same amount of income. You're just no longer being hit with what they call self-employment taxes, mm-hmm. which the sole proprietor, the LLC, are getting hit with, which is an additional roughly 16% tax or 15% tax on those profits, mm-hmm. right? So if profit $100,000, you're doing the math, you can add instantly $15,000 to your taxes. The S corporation can wipe the majority of those away, mm. right? And I know it. it's, if you're profiting we've kind of increased this now with the change of the tax laws. Now I'm starting to say if, if you're profiting 50 to $60,000, meaning yeah. after all expenses, 50 to $60,000, it's time to start considering an S corporation. And it's, it could save you massive amount of taxes. There are things that come with that. Of course, they're not just going to give you those tax savings for nothing. You have to put yourself on a salary in an S corporation, meaning you want to have a payroll company. It's not just saying, all right, here's a check to myself for $5,000. There's my salary, right? You got to run it through payroll taxes, payroll tax return all that good stuff. But as a general guideline, here's what we say about these three entity types. You're just getting started. You're not yet making any money, maybe very little money. You don't have legal liability concerns. A sole proprietor, a general partnership, just fine. Hit the ground running. Don't spend your time and money. Mm. Now your business is not making too much money, less than $50,000 profit, but you are starting to say, I'm getting a little concerned about legal liability. I want to potentially protect myself now you go form that LLC. Mm-hmm. And finally, you're hitting fifty dollars to $60,000 or more in profits. You're paying self-employment taxes. Now it's time to say, let's make that S-corp election or let's look at making that S-corp election and see if it makes sense. Yeah. And I, I was always nervous about the S-corp just because of the payroll stuff. And then once you kind of got me 
kind of dialed in on that. You're like, no, man, we'll, we'll just set it up through an automated kind of payroll system. They'll do it all for you. And then, and that has, and that's exactly what's been happening. And then it was also confusing for me at first, like, okay, so wait a minute here. So the, the money gets passed through still to me. I can still have that run into my account. I can still use the money. It's just, that's the money that the business is technically making. So that's what the business is taxed on. Um, so that was always like confusing, but you kind of simplified it and dumbed it down for someone like me <laughs> to be able to understand that, which is that it's, that's why people pay you. You know what I mean? You're like, Josh, what do I do here? You know? It, it, it is super confusing. And like, I can tell people that if you make the switch to, if you go through all this, you do the S corporation, you're doing the salary, you, you're going to be two years in and be like, I have no idea what the hell is going on. All I know is I'm saving taxes. Like it's going yeah. to be confusing. You're going to eventually catch on. But as long as you're using a, a person who knows what they're doing. They're not trying to cheat the system. Exactly. They're handling it correctly. Then, then you know that you're, you're, everything's good. Even if you don't fully understand exactly how it's all working. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that's the thing. Cause I think years ago, you know, and probably even still to this day, people are, are forming it and then they're not claiming really like an, a normal salary on that amount of money. Right. And I think, like you said, there's, there's, there's different, like, there's different uh, percentages that you want to use just to, to make sure that you're on the up and up, right? You don't want to try to game the system just like anything else because you'll get caught eventually and then, yep. you know, you're going to get in trouble. So, you know, they're going to look at, oh, you made, um, you know, the business made $100,000 and you're drawing a $25,000 salary. Okay, that that probably could be legit, right? If they were paying someone to do a job that you're doing, would they pay $25,000? And I think that's what you kind of said to me. Like, how much would it take for someone to be you and get paid for what you do or what you've done in the past in, in your business. And that's kind of like a good gauge. And I think you've always used like at least 25%, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's the exact standard we use is if you had to replace yourself in the business, what would you have to pay somebody? Yeah. But if, if you're avoiding, if, I mean, the goal ultimately is to avoid red flags that the IRS gets suspicious. Mm. And yeah, 25% is generally a minimum. Yeah. Um, depending on how profitable your business is, we may go all the way up to 40%. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, the, a business that profits $500,000 can probably get away with doing 25%. Whereas a business that profits $50,000 yeah. might need to go up to 40%. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so dependent on your situation. Talk to somebody. Make sure it's what the IRS calls a reasonable salary. It's mm -hmm. not going to raise red flags. But once you do that, you're you're, you're falling in line and the tax savings are perfectly fine. That's, that's why these options are there. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's, it's smart. Like you said, at first a little scary cause it's a little confusing and stuff, but if you have, so, obviously if you have a good CPA, if, if people hired you, they would have that. If they hire someone else, just make sure that that CPA is on the up and up. Cause there's some CPAs out there that will not be on the up and up. Uh, they'll make it look like you don't make any money. And then all of a sudden you're going to have the IRS knocking at your door and uh, you don't want that either. Um, which, uh, which actually I, I want to throw that in there because that was another thing that, um, really quickly, just for people to kind of have a heads up, like you've said this in the past and I know you can't like say it, like we can't guarantee like this is always the case, but the IRS is most likely never going to call you on the phone to say, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, you've always said they're going to send you a letter. They're right. going to have you respond to the letter or mail some stuff in, um, how many times do you hear people saying like they had someone call and say, this is the IRS. We're going to send the authorities to you if you don't pay $5,000. Right. right. No, it's, it's a, it's a huge scam right now. If you get a call, you get that voicemail or even answer the phone. And it's someone that is saying they're with the internal revenue service or the call I got the United States of government, yes. um, and telling you that, uh, you, you need to pay right now over the phone and go to Walmart and buy some special payment thing to pay them. That's not the IRS. The IRS 
almost certainly isn't going to call you. They're going to start out by mailing you letter after letter mm-hmm. after letter after letter until they get a response. Mm-hmm. And if they do call you, at no point ever will they say, we need this payment over the phone. Right. So if, if, if you want to see a funny, I got something on my website where a client kept getting these calls. So I, I called them back and recorded it and kind of played along and went down the rabbit hole for like 20 minutes. And it got pretty pretty funny. So yeah, that, <laughs> send me over the, the, the right. link to that blog post that you put up and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes for sure. That'll be funny. Um, okay. So is there any other thing that we didn't touch on that we not, that we want to touch? I know the big news was the inventory thing, right? So I think that's huge. So make sure that, um, that you guys are, are taking advantage of that, but you're also thinking about that moving into the new year before the new year, because if there is a batch of inventory that you want to buy, you can buy it and then take the deduction this year, as long as it's within this, you know, this year to date. Um, and anything else you wanted to add there before we, we wrap up? That's a big one. I mean, I, I guess I'd end it with this is I, I always say it's important to talk to a professional about your taxes, mm. not just try and do it yourself. This year, that is a hundred times more important than ever mm. because there are massive changes going on. There are significant things you can do now that you couldn't do in the past. So you need to make sure you're taking advantage of these rules. You got to talk to somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And so how would someone reach out to you? I know you've got a lot of cool, <laughs> cool things in the works and I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to be mentioning what you're working on because you have some really cool stuff that if, right. we, if it can happen, it's going to be amazing. But um, you do have you know, your, uh, your, your services and stuff. So if you want, just uh, go ahead and let people know how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, so I guess uh, I guess it's a little more confusing because I have two different companies now. I have I still have CPA on Fire. If you need tax work done, um, if you need some tax advice, tax strategy, anything related to your taxes, come to us. We can absolutely help with that. You can reach me there, Josh at CPAonFire.com. And we have you and I have talked about this, and we've we've experimented with it. Me and my partner experimented with it back and forth about offering this full service solution to the higher e-commerce sellers. Mm-hmm. People in this case, we're targeting people doing $50,000 per month in sales or more. Mm-hmm. If you're in that situation and you say, I want someone to handle the bookkeeping, the sales tax, the taxes at year end, business and personal, anything that I have in inventory management, everything that I could possibly have related to my taxes and accounting, I want someone to take it off my plate. We finally created an awesome solution for that. This company is called the Prestige Journal. You can reach out to us there at info at tpjllc.co co okay all right it's it's just, this is in the basic settings and we do have we're your, your listeners will probably be the last ones that this is offered to free but we are still doing a free audit for people meaning we're going to look at exactly where your business is at where your taxes are at where you could be saving time where you could be saving money where you could be saving taxes we're just going to give you a, a clear picture of where you're at where you compare to the industry standards so you know what you're doing there's no obligation to sign up for our service afterwards all we're going to ask you for is a testimonial if you like the audit so if you think that would be of help to you you're in that $50,000 per more in sales per month range reach out to me there and let's get it done yeah i'll uh, i'll link everything up in the show notes so that way there people can go and contact you and and in the future if that audit is not available for free or whatever there will be something i'm sure there where you can reach out to josh and see how you go about getting an audit on your business um because i I think it, it does come down to a lot of people, as they grow and scale, they want to do less of the bookkeeping. They want to do less of the sales tax, and spe- especially as the sales tax stuff is always a mystery anyway. Um, so to be able to have you guys there to kind of work on this stuff, in- inventory, all of that stuff within the taxes, um, I think it's a great, great service. And I know it was a long time coming, and you were working on that behind the scenes for a while. So I'm glad to hear that it's finally 
uh, it's finally come to life. So that's that's exciting stuff. So yeah, go go check out Josh's stuff. I'll link it up in the show notes. Josh, man, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and and letting us know this amazing news. And uh, I'm sure I'll probably have you back on just for a recap before people file their taxes in 2000 uh, or for the end of 2017. So we'll probably hear back from from you soon. But um, yeah, man, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, I'm glad we could finally break some news. Yes, breaking news here, everyone. <laughs> but to have that sound effect at the end where it's like, you know, <laughs> CNN, they're going to come into the to the podcast feed right now. All right, Josh. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thanks. All right. So here's what I want you to do before you go run off and uh, say, yes, I can deduct all of my inventory. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to contact your CPA, your accountant, someone that can give you advice on your particular business. Okay. Because I do believe that it is going to depend on certain businesses, where they're at, and also how you interpretate the law, all right? And you really need to be the judge of that and your accountant and your CPA. So definitely, definitely take this information and yes, give it to them, see what they think, and then from there you can see if in fact this uh, new law can affect your business in a positive way, all right? So that's what I want you to do. Now stay tuned to upcoming episodes because most likely... I will be having other guests on. I'll have Josh back on, and uh, we're going to get to the bottom of this. And I'm not sure if we're going to have an exact answer, like a one-size-fits-all. I don't think we will. Uh, it will probably be you know, on a business-to-business basis or how much revenue you're doing. There's going to be some, there's definitely going to be some things that you have to look at your individual business, but I want to, I want to get to the bottom of it as well. And uh, I don't think we will know until we really get more information directly from the IRS. And that's what we're going to lean on these CPAs out there that are doing a lot of the digging, a lot of the debating. I think within a good debate, there comes a lot of good, you know, a good answers, but also a lot of good questions. Questions, and those are things that we have to be, you know, thinking about. So again, I am not a legal advisor. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a CPA. Uh, any of that stuff. So a little disclaimer there. All I'm doing here is bringing you the information as I receive it, and you can uh, do what you want with it. All right. So hopefully this gets you to reach out to your your accountant, your CPA, and hopefully this does in fact help your business in uh, in the upcoming months, but also in future years. All right. So guys. That's going to wrap up this episode. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.